what song you listen to when you're feeling like irritated and misunderstood by everybody. Like you, like you just got out of the most irritating meeting and you get in the car. Killers by Eminem. Yeah, I'm sorry. People are going to judge me by my killer song, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. But mine has Weezer in it, and everybody likes to hate Weezer, I'm told, right? Mm, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And and AG, AJR, a, that's it, and nobody likes them either, right? What? Why? I don't know, but it was a thing on Parks and Rec where they were like, that's like trying to find someone who likes AJR. And I was like, oh, that's the band I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know Killers, so I can't sing that with you. But also, I could never move my mouth as quickly oh, as Oh, I can't either. Oh, that, there's no way. I, I, in fact, there's, there's probably things that he's saying that I'm not really... that. that <laughs> They're I, just going if I listen, If I actually listen to I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. I just, <laughs> it's just a song that gets me hyped. I need a hype song. I need oh, okay, a just, hype song. I need a hype song. I need to get... If somebody makes me... I, just, I need to get out and, you know... This is where the party ends I can't stand here listening to you And your racist friend I know politics for you But I feel like a hypocrite talking to you And your racist friend Welcome to My Racist Friend A podcast about the messy parts of relationships That help us grow together I'm Amy McKeese this is Don Griffin, Jr. What's it What's it like to work for you? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to work for me. The, uh, uh, what do you, like, like well, at Griffin Realty? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Um. Okay, so I think the way I've picked people, I've picked people that, feel my needs in the sense that I know that I'm good at certain things, mm -hmm. but there are things that I'm lacking. Does that make sense? Yeah. So and you look for people who have the little pieces that you're missing. Bingo. And that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. And, and so, and so I never really, no one really works for me. Like, I think I hire a bunch of people that look out for me. Oh. Does that make sense? That's really nice. That's not nice. It's survival. It's it's kind of a survival thing to find people that complete you. It's kind of, that 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 you trust that, and that's the other thing that you trust and you love. As you know, you 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 got to find that those people that you will go to battle with. You know. Yeah. Um And so. Uh. I did that at Griffin Realty. I think I also did that when I started to, when I worked for the city. That's the that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um, now that's harder to do when you have eight hundred and fifty people, <laughs> and so there was no way to get the you know especially yeah. over one what, one and a half 
you know, and half of that time I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, you know, I had to basically learn on the job, well, but that's what I yeah. would have loved to have happened, you know, where everybody kind of knew each other's names and everyone appreciated everything that everyone did by knowing what everybody did. You know, I wanted to have opportunities to, for people to, to switch positions for a day or a week or whatever, and maybe they'd find something else that they love. You know what I mean? And, I but, love that. but then they'd also understand what the other person was going through, especially in departments that work together. So there's all kinds of things that I would have loved to do. Yeah, I think true leadership is knowing that you are that you don't know everything. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um Yes. Uh that's when you, you you're showing ignorance when you Pretend like you know. <laughs> or, or you assume that you know everything. Mm -hmm. I remember this neighborhood. And the thing is, it was a neighborhood I had helped create. I had found the land. This 250 acres. A really large neighborhood. And I watched it over the years. But I had a preconceived idea about what it was doing. I would tell people, hey, you know, great neighborhood. Houses built well. They don't appreciate that well. They don't appreciate because, you know, uh, there's always a newer house. You know, so I had this idea, and I had been saying it for years. And then someone asked me to do a market analysis. I was going back in the neighborhood. Do it. Can you do it? Yeah, we really like this house. Because I had told them all the negative, what, what I think. <laughs> the positives, because that's what we do. Yeah. We don't sell. We tell, That's the idea with my company. We don't sell you anything. We ed We try to educate you. So mm -hmm. here I am, I'm educating these people because I know everything <laughs> about houses. You, you do know a lot. Uh, well, but that's the, that can be a problem when you think that you know, you have yeah. a preconceived idea of what you, because you've known it all, right? Yeah. Things change. So I'm telling them, hey, you know, these houses, they stay on the market for a long time, blah, 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 blah. I get in there, I'm doing the numbers for these people, and I'm like, Oh my God! All these houses are selling for way more than what they were asked. What what you they mm -hmm. were they're on the market for? And yes, the trend is they seem to stay on the lo the market for a lot longer than most houses. But at the end of the day, it ended up being a seasonal thing. For some reason, this neighborhood it would sit on the market a certain time of year. You know, come spring, all of a sudden they're all selling. Like it 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 blew my mind, and I was like, okay. So for now on, sell them in the spring. No, for that particular, <laughs> for, but for now on, I don't know everything. If you're not constantly learning, then you you get left behind. It's interesting to me because, like, I was just talking about like these internal rules that you have that you feel like you have to follow mm -hmm. um, in order to uh, survive. And so I said, it's like, you know, um, you have to know all the answers or else you're really stupid. Like, mm -hmm. something that always worries me is that, like, I, I want to know things. Like, I, you know, I, I read and I read and I uh, fall into Google holes and... Mm -hmm. uh, you want to be the expert on things. Yeah, but you can't be. I mean, that's that's the... The piece is that I guess it makes more sense to be the expert on 
being curious. <laughs> but but they, no no but I think you've got it. I mean I think that's it. I think you have to you have to be continue to be curious about your passion. Things will change. I mean if you mm-hmm. have your ideas on uh, on gravity and all of a sudden Isaac Newton comes along and mm-hmm. you're set in stone on what you think it should be. Uh, Mavity. Mavity. Yeah. I mean I'm just saying then then you're then you're you're you know, you you're lost because you didn't you didn't you, you didn't open up your mind to other possibilities. You know, I I, I always needed to show that I was smart growing up. I needed to prove I was always trying to prove that I was smart growing up because kids in teachers would just assume that I was stupid. And so, you know, I would blurt out questions. I would blurt out the answers because if I wasn't being called on or, mm-hmm. you know, I had to be the, try to show how smart. And he, I did, even did that as an adult for a long time. Somehow I had to try to, I, I've been trying to get out of my way of that and listening more, you know? Because some of the smartest people I know barely talk, you know? My father-in-law is like that. James Stewart is like that. He doesn't say anything. And then, and everybody's talking. I've been in a board meeting with everybody's talking. And then at the end, everybody starts says, so what, what do you think, James? <laughs> I mean, and he hasn't said a thing. And it's like, and everybody's listening, like, what is he going to say? And I thought, and so sometimes when I'm talking too much, I've been in meetings where I'm like, I need to be James Stewart. I need to be James Stewart. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I've definitely had meetings where like my mantra, like the thing going through my head the entire time has been shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Right? To, To me, not to the. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've thought it to other people too, but like. Mostly to me, or it's the Homer Simpson thing where I'm saying, "Don't say this, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this," and then I go, Bleh! and I say the thing that I've been like. Well, being the deputy mayor, I had about two weeks of training to 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 go along with the the past deputy mayor, but there's eighteen, sixteen to eighteen different departments, and you got department heads. And so you got legal, you got fire, you got police, you got hand, you got uh, park, parks and rec, you got, you know, on and on and on. You got streets and you mm-hmm. got trash and you get, there's no way in hell that you know everything. Like, right. no way in hell. And so you're in these meetings because you're having one-on-one meetings and you're having meetings where you're, you gotta, you gotta make decisions I had to ask stupid, basically right, so that questions that learn. were stupid, because there's no way that I would know questions that everybody at the table, <laughs> all 32 so people that are, are sitting there. So there are stupid questions. They are stupid questions, but I had to ask them, and I had to be okay in my head. I had I had to be okay with the fact that I did not know, know, and it was going to be okay. Life was going to go on. Some people may have laughed about it afterwards, but damn, damn it, at least I learned. Yeah. If I didn't ask that question, 
Like, so, hey, what is what is a flux compa- capacitor? What is... Is that a real thing? Is, no, I don't know. I That's think not a real thing. I think probably is. I don't know. Is maybe it? it's maybe it's not just Kevin from Star won't tell Wars. us. He's just <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> back to the future. Back, it's, a, it's back to the future, isn't it? Yeah, the flux capacitor. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe it was something in the utilities department. It could be. So they're telling you about parts per million, and you're like, okay, is that bad? Is that tell, somebody tell? Is that bad? And you know, you gotta ask. And don't be afraid to fit to be stupid. At the end of the day, I'm like, God, I'm still the boss. Like, I, I'm still. You could, you might have to cut that, but you know what I'm saying. I'm teasing. You don't. Um, you don't. In the sense that, at the end of the day, I still had. I I needed to know those things so that I could help make the right decision and say, okay, this is where we're. What do you? How do you? What, what do you think? And where should should we go this way or go this? Tell Give me the options. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, it's okay to put yourself out there. Okay. Uh, you were talking about how you were always trying to prove you were smart, and I was trying to think, okay, it was like, what was I doing? Because I had, especially once I sort of got my act together and finished up undergrad and was okay. uh, in social work school, like I had these rules, and they were that I spoke within the first 15 minutes of the class because I didn't want to be called on. I wanted to be the boss of when I spoke. I wanted to say something that I knew and not be like having to think on the spot. That's actually kind of smart. It's kind of brilliant. <laughs> so I would like be watching the clock. I'd be like, damn, it's 13 minutes in. I've got to like <laughs> raise my hand and and say something so uh-huh. that I don't get called on. So like for me, it was really about not being proven stupid like I just don't want to look dumb so I wanted to make sure that I said something and you were in and it seemed like you're engaging which is For, I mean honestly that's brilliant though because then I mean you get participate you know the teachers think you're just yes it, and it matters it really matters so kids if you're in school <laughs> please listen to yes. that's brilliant yes always ask a question or answer a question in toward the beginning of class I like it. Then the teacher's like, oh, yeah, Don already spoke. <laughs> so he knows his st- He's been, you know. He did the reading. He's done the reading. Yep. And I was simplifying that whole idea of pretending like you don't know. Like, it's hard to do that as a person of color or a woman. Mm-hmm. It is hard because there's already, there's people that are, that that are assuming that you don't know what you're doing. That already assume. That are already yeah. assuming. Yeah. So, so, so you do gotta... have to have your shit together. You have to say, okay, in the past, mm-hmm. like traditionally, and I always say historically. Historically. Historically, this is what I've seen. Yes. But I need to go and look at the numbers, or I need to go and look at this. Maybe things have changed. Uh-huh. Or maybe there's or some other Or in my ideas. experience. Yes. I say that. Oh, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking like you and I both do the are, are talking about like the import the importance of not always acting like you know what you're doing because sometimes, at least for me, I will pretend that I know what I'm doing, and I'll say, "Oh, it's fine." I was thinking that like one of my dad's strategies in uh, arguing would be to pretend that he didn't know anything. So he'd be like, 
like it it got to sort of a ridiculous place with our kids because he'd be like, you know, our oldest was three and he'd be like, oh, so much smarter than me. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but, but he would, that, I mean, he would, in trying to get people to tell him stuff, he'd be like, whoa, I'm, I'm just a country boy from the west side of Rogers. Can you explain to me? how that might work, you know, until uh-huh. someone would like explain themselves into a hole uh-huh. and then sort of like Columbo. And then he'd be like, <laughs> well, the statute of blah, 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 blah. One you know, more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. But. Did he tell you those things? Like in the first 15 minutes, are there, are there, are there rules that he told you that, that stuck in your head? On how to on, on how to get through life. On how to get through life. Not you know like, like that's something that whole fifteen minute thing saying, like that comes from. Oh no, that was me. I mean, like I came up with that. I think his big thing, the thing that he would tell, like, we got StoryCorps, like, at some point when that came out, mm-hmm. you know, the Friday morning mm-hmm. cry fest, and <laughs> um. The kids were would ask him, and most of the time he was like, um, well, your mom could really spin a tail, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, which I found sort of frustrating. But the one time that that he would tell, like, a story where he thought I was doing the right thing that he wanted me to, like, do again and again was uh, when I was in the second flutes in, you know, the IU would have that band camp. Yes. And I was there and I was in, I was in the advanced band. I was a freshman, I think, but I was in the second flutes and it was something for a freshman to be Yeah. that. Um, but in the thing, Ray Kramer had gone down like the line and pointed at each person and made them play like on the spot, this mm-hmm. really hard moment and Mm -hmm. I messed it up um and so and I think I had probably called him that night from the dorm room crying because I was really upset about it um and then the concert rolled around and I because he told anyone who messed it up he's like just hold your instrument up and you know keep your mouth like you're playing but do not play until I have heard you play it you don't get to play wow and so the concert rolled around, and I was playing, and he's like, you were playing, how'd you get to play? And I said, oh, I um, stayed up all night the night before, and I just, like, we couldn't practice in the rooms because that would be loud, but I just like did the fingerings over and over and over and over until mm-hmm. I had it. And then I asked him if I could try again, and he's like, you walked up to him, and you, you, you asked you, him. You walked up to Ray Kramer and... I mean, he was really nice, but yeah, I did. Wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was his, like... That's pretty good. He would, like, get tears in his eyes telling that I asked to play for the second, in the second flutes in the band. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so I guess that was his lesson was... I don't know. Persistence? Try again and ask. <laughs> yeah. 
It goes a long way. I, I'm not, I'm having trouble getting it like the thing I'm thinking of, but I'm thinking of like when you already know stuff, like when, because I think you and I are getting to that age where like we were a little bit older. We've been doing stuff for a while. I know. And we think we know stuff. Then someone comes along and is like, you know, someone who's like 12, <laughs> which is the age I always assign to anybody younger than me, but okay. are you 12? Yeah. Um, and they're like, actually, that's really not how we think about that anymore. We're thinking about it this way now. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm picturing the shoehorns they would use to get... Uh, Shoes. Yeah, to like to get Put well, because I had really wide feet, so they'd like cram my little feet into these okay. shoes with a metal piece that like slides down your heel and then wiggles mm-hmm. back to move the shoe on. Like get that into your brain and like loosen it up a little bit. I, I think that, but I think that's what I mean. I think we have to be open to that. Right. We have to be open to others coming into our lives and telling us. Uh, allowing our minds to be blown. I love that. I love that. I want to continue to grow, no matter how. I think that's, I never want to be established. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I just, Mm -hmm. I want to continue. I I don't want my mind to peak. I want to continue to grow in ideas and acceptance. And How do you do that? Or what gets in your way? I like maybe one of the questions I have is what, what blocks you from doing that? Like, what, what scares you enough that you can't learn new things? I'm scared not to learn new things. I, I'm, scared to, I'm scared to stay stationary. I'm scared to, I'm scared to be what I've done already. So, you know, but don't you think you're looking for the truth? You're looking for... I like to learn stuff. Yeah. I like to learn stuff a lot. And I love it when somebody, like, knows stuff that I don't know and I and is willing to indulge me in, like, answering questions and... You do that for me. Answer questions? No. You open my mind to new ideas. Well, I think that's pers- what... And new perspectives. That's what having relationships does. hmm y- You like to make it good like like to be like yeah this is good and like and like there's there's a reason why you're the person that like when I'm feeling nothing's ever gonna work everything is stupid like if I call you I feel better like you're really really yes you know sometimes I'm I've got the same doubts as you, nine times out of ten, I do. You're thinking but I have to lift she's my... right. It's never going mean, to work. But, no, <laughs> I, I think I think it always ends up working. It does. It, it there. It's a hard journey, and it may be like it may not look. It may not happen right away, but maybe five years because of what we've done, because of the things that we've established, and the the the. I have to. I have to believe that. Because I, I can think of all the times that I've been at my wit's end and ready to give up, give up. And I think most people would have got given up. But I've pushed forward just to, just to get to one more day. And then a day after that, and a day after that, just to keep going. And, and I, have to, I have to believe that it's going to be okay. 
And usually it is. And and even when it's not okay, I end up being in a position that I never would have been. If I had have stopped, I never would have been in that position yeah. to see something else. Yeah, you didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah, I have to have, it's, I think it's a faith thing, right? That's, it's a faith thing. You have to believe that you are where you're supposed to be. I just, I was thinking of my uh, daughter. I don't even remember the context or why she said this, but she said something like, well, I mean, you'll go on and you'll hurt people and they'll hurt you because you're human and that's what we do. Yes. And I think so often we want to pretend like hurting is like, if, if someone hurts you, then that's it. Like that's over. I'm cutting that person out. Or if I hurt someone, they should cut me out or I'm just a terrible person. And maybe, maybe it's just like everybody's flawed and everybody has some dumb ideas. And how do we stay connected through the uh, through our own dumb ideas, through other people's dumb ideas? Like it's hard. You got to be willing to show your sometimes show your ignorance. Show your ass. You have to show your ignorance. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, people have grace enough. There's someone that has grace enough to tell you that you have the wrong idea. When I asked earlier, like. Where are you afraid to not know? I was I was wondering, are there places where if someone says, that's the wrong idea, that you feel yourself like... Tensing up? Yeah, like tense up and sort of dig in and you're like, eh, I don't have the wrong idea about this. I mean, there are certain things, there are convictions that you have, that you have to have. We talked about that too, you know, when it comes to who we are as people and who we love or where we think the community should go. Yeah, cause I'm, think, I'm thinking of things that maybe I feel confident in saying Black Lives Matter. Like, I, I, it doesn't, I don't feel like... Nope. Uh, I, I mean, yes. But for whatever reason, it's too scary to allow in other ways of thinking. Dude. It is okay to have convictions that you are strong about. Don't get you, that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm open to the idea that racism might be right or bigotry no. might be right. <laughs> right. You know, I'm still going to have my progressive thoughts. I'm right about that. I'm sorry. Yes. I feel strongly about our community that our community is not progressive like we claim it is. For us to, to be the community that we claim to be, that we have to accept that we are not. That we are we are living in Indiana and all the influences are... We, when we have progressives that are talking about having a larger police force, that is not what progressives do. We're not who we say we are. I don't want to live in a community that just thinks everything is fine. And that's and and that's what I feel we're doing. Maybe that's one of the places that is like a scary corner is living in the idea that everything's not fine. And and behave as though it's not okay so then you'd be doing 
different things than if everything really is fine. I, I give you an example. I I live in Elm Heights, so lately there's been a lot of parties happening. Actually, there was a death. Did you see yeah, this? Yeah, I a heard that. Yeah. Yeah, young man, African American young man, actually got shot and and killed and from Bloomington. Um, you went to school with Dexter. Uh. But anyway, I, so so there was another party happening in front of my house. Me and Nicole go out to help the guy because he the, the guy had he was he was on his back in the you know on the sidewalk in front. And we go to help him. He's like, basically get the get the f away from me. Uh, like, hey, dude, we just want to know if you're fine. We don't but want I, you to choke on your tongue. Yeah, and I, and you know what? I really don't want you to puke on my sidewalk. He's, you know what the kid said to me? Oh my God. He said, You're renting this place. He said, uh, There's no way you can fucking afford this place. Yeah, I know that you're renting it. Wait, he's so drunk that he can't stand up, but this is what he's thinking about. Well, he's standing up. His, kid, his friends are trying to take him away. He wants, he's, oh. he wants to fight me. Really? I mean, I wanted. My wife was like, "Okay, come, you gotta just, you gotta let him go, cause you can't end up in the paper, cause you hit this kid." <laughs> oh no! You but can't. it's it's a way of saying because you're black, there's no way you can afford this place. No way you can afford to live here. This little kid is telling me that. You know what I mean? He didn't say the N word. Just, just, I don't know why we went there. Well, I, I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. And, and part of what, like, I think took us so long to start doing the podcast again was because we were spending a lot of time, re- like, with you having to do what you just did. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear that that's, that's not our intention as we move forward. Like I Oh, for me to talk about stuff like No, that. it's I'm glad that you shared that story. Yeah, I I, I try not. I you know. Because I th- well, I think it's important like it, the same thing happens with the LGBTQIA+ community is in Bloomington in particular a lot of the people our age will be like, "Oh, things are fine." Things are fine. I mean, it's less common that this happens now because Indiana's passing laws that, you know, endanger Gosh. trans kids' lives. But we do tend to think, we already solved that problem. <laughs> and Bloomington has a tendency to do that. Yeah. Being able to say that's that's not solved, I can tell you something that happened this week, can... You know, every time we go through these things, yeah. talk about this stuff... We actually have to heal from it. When we're talking about things that endanger us or our families and our community or things that are hurtful, it may take a while. Like, we have to look at our how we talk mm-hmm. as one big, long conversation. You're able to identify the thing that happened. You know, like the trauma, you can describe it. And you can... You, you re-experience it, but you're doing it in the context of supported vulnerability, of a safe relationship. Mm-hmm. 
And so then you can sort of reform it. That holds less power. The trauma holds less power. I see. Does that feel like it might be? For me? True sometimes? <laughs> for me, I forget. <laughs> for, for me, I just I have, wipe. For me, <laughs> th- there's so much trauma. I mean, I just, and yeah. I don't know how many, there's things that are traumatic that just may happen every day. And you, it's just part of, it's just part of living that you just kind of just have to keep, you have to keep going, man. You know, and that's the same with me. I Like, you asked me how, why I have to stay positive, because I have to stay positive. I have to keep going. I can't dwell. I cannot dwell. I'm never going to get anything done if I dwell on all the negative things that have ever happened to me. You know, I think maybe my superpower, my wife has told me this, my mm-hmm. superpower is the ability to forget. <laughs> that's my superpower. <laughs> You know, so then you can have a fresh start with the person who was mean. My and, and and sometimes that does happen. My wife is like, "Why are you still? I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the. Why are you still dealing with that person? Why are you still helping that person? Do you remember <laughs> this? And do you remember that? And do you remember this? And you and 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 I I forget. I and I'm like, okay, that's a, that is a really long list. You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I yeah, I, I do. It's, it's my, I, like I said, it is kind of, it's my curse, but it's also my superpower. It's a, it's a, it's a curse and a blessing. It's a curse Both. and a blessing. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place on December 11th, 2023 in Bloomington, Indiana, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. You and your racist friend it was just a strat. I, I don't think he told me that. Okay. That was just me. Or your mom. Your mom's smart. Too. Yes. She's smart too, but yes. no, she didn't tell me that either. That was just, that was my own idea. Okay. And because you're smart too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you are. I didn't mean to laugh like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're smart too. <laughs> <laughs> <I didn't mean> to- <laughs>